Want a fresh take on what's going on with the Saints, LSU, the betting world, and the NFL? Then you've picked the right place. Jim Derry has plenty of datitude, and he's ready to tell you the way it is. Well, the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends across the country. It is just Monday everywhere else. But in New Orleans, and yes, even Seattle, it is game day. Welcome to Datitude episode number 13 for Monday, October the 25th, 2021. I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Advocate Times Picayune and bet.nola.com. In just about 10 minutes, we will have... ESPN's Mike Triplett on to preview tonight's Saints at Seahawks matchup. And following that, I'm going to give you a brief prediction on how I think it will go down. Uh, We're going to try to make this a much shorter show than we normally have because obviously you guys don't want to spend two hours listening to a podcast when the Saints are coming on. So it is going to be much shorter. Obviously a key for both teams tonight. Saints coming a key game for both teams. Saints coming off a bye at three and two, hoping to not look ahead to Tampa Bay in the Dome on Sunday. Halloween afternoon on national TV with Dome Foam and Tom Brady. Uh, no way they're thinking about that one at all, huh? Should be interesting. It is going to be a uh, big game next Sunday, but tonight is a huge game as well. They have got to get past the Seahawks, and luckily for the Saints, they will do it against uh, Geno Smith and not Russell Wilson. Also, they will do it with Alex Collins and not Chris Carson. Should be interesting. First, I want to briefly talk about the crazy weekend of sports. Um, Again, as brief as I can be, Lord knows that I'm not brief about much, but I have a beef with college football. i got to get off my chest before we get to Mike Triplett. Um, there might be like seven people in the country who think the NCAA does things right when it comes to football. Maybe eight. Okay, I don't, I don't know. No more than ten for sure, right? The four-team playoff is better than what we've had in the past, but to me it's still a bunch of hogwash. Uh, horse hockey, whatever you want to call it. At some point in the near future, it will likely expand to eight or even, God forbid, 16 teams. But we're stuck with what we have, what we have for, for now. That's not my biggest beef at the moment. And no, LSU isn't either. That's a whole other story. We're not talking about LSU today. Um, It is what it is. But did anyone see the Penn State-Illinois game on Saturday afternoon? Nine overtimes. Nine. Was it a great game? Sure. Was it exciting? Of course. But was it absurd? Absolutely. You know, here's an example of how one game, one game can force an overreaction, and we knew it would show up eventually when we heard the new college football rules for overtime. Remember LSU, Texas A&M? What? That was in 2018. Went seven overtimes. I think it was 74 to 72. So we can never let that happen again. So what do we do? We change the overtime rules. They've actually been changed a couple of times since then. So what we have now is just pure insanity. Okay, And Saturday's game 
showed why the rules will be changed again. I don't know what to what I don't know to what they will change it to. It'll probably be something just as dumb as what they have now. But so now there's just one regular, and I put regular in quotation marks, overtime period. The teams begin from the 25, they go about their business. Okay, that's fine. I'm not a big fan of starting an overtime at the 25, but it's, it's not, it's okay. Okay. I, I, I like the way the NFL does it, really. They play, I mean, I think it should be 15 minutes and not 10 and play a regular period. If someone scores a touchdown, it's over. I wish they would just, if someone scores a touchdown in the NFL, I wish they would give the other team an opportunity to score a touchdown, but whatever. It's better than, it's, Ten times better than what's in college. So now, if that and, and now though, what that what happens is if they don't solve the if it's still tied after one regular OT period, they go in a second OT period, and then they got to go for two. Okay, whatever. I mean, if you're going to do that, at least go two, and let them play it out. No, but no, take it out of their hands. We're making you go for two. Then from the third OT on is where the absurdity comes in. We have these. One play, two-point conversion attempts until the game is over. So what happened on Saturday is it wasn't – I mean, these are two teams that win with their defense. Okay, Illinois is not that great. It just shows you how bad the Big Ten is. If Illinois can beat Penn State, the Big Ten is bad. Okay, and some team from the Big Ten is going to get in, whether it's Ohio State or Michigan, one of those teams is getting in the playoff. You can book it now unless – catastrophe happens and they both I, I mean I think they could lose maybe two and get in but it's going to happen it's going to happen Ohio State or Michigan's getting in but I digress this game so the third OT on we have these one play drives and not only do they have the one play drive Penn State goes for two doesn't get it Illinois goes for two doesn't get it they have to go all the way to the other side of the field and then do it again. And we're here watching this. And I mean, you know, the game was exciting, but to me, that the way that it ended is just absurd going on these one-play drops. And it lasted until the ninth overtime. Illinois finally scored a two-point conversion. Now, obviously, that's, uh, at a, it, it's an abnormality, I guess. It's not going to happen hardly ever and go that far. But you will have... A few that go five or six. And you know the way to avoid it is go back to the way that it used to be. How often does it happen when you have seven overtimes and kids are getting tired? I get that. Or how about this? You just play a set amount of time. And if it ends in a tie, by God, it ends in a tie. I hate ties more than anybody. The old line of ties are like kissing your sister. Well, ties suck. So I guess they both look at it as if they lost in a way. But too bad. It's certainly better than going on one end of the field, playing one play, going on the other end, playing one play, going on the other end, playing one play, going on the I mean, come on. It just, to me, was in a matter of about 20 to 30 minutes showing you how, oh, how much better college football can be. Because it ain't that. The talent, to me, this year is is lesser than it has been in the past because their kids are entering the transfer portal like nobody's business. Um, if their team sucks, they're, they're just, I don't want to play anymore. I'm going to get ready for the NFL. 
college football to me is in a bad spot. I mean, it, I, it's to me why I, I enjoy the NFL. I love college basketball, and I think college basketball is better than the NBA. Um, I love college baseball. Uh, clearly, it's not on the same level as Major League Baseball. But the way college baseball is run, to me, is great. But you are just, I, I, to me, college football needs, a, they need to be revamped. College basketball, you can have the Daytons of the world and the Butlers of the world make runs, George Mason. Um, that's what makes college basketball great. But you're never going to have a smaller market team, or not market, but a team from a, a non-Power 5 conference that's ever going to do anything. You know, Cincinnati is, they're probably going to make the playoff this year because they're going to, I would unless they lose this uh, SMU, they're going to go undefeated. And they're lucky in the fact that there aren't going to be uh, two or three undefeated teams and a couple of one-loss big-time teams that are going to make it. Alabama may end up being in there if they can, I mean, they, Alabama may get in with two losses. Whether they should or not is a whole other story. Um, you can debate it all, all you want. It's all about money in college football. They don't care. Um, in this instance, I think Alabama's probably a better team than Cincinnati, but who knows? The point is, college football needs a lot of work to do. And that overtime game to me was kind of in a nutshell of where this NCAA is. And... It's not going in the right direction. It is 100% not going in the right direction. So what's going to be changed there? What's going to be fixed? Who knows? We'll find out soon enough. That is my rant of the day. Um, I apologize for getting this podcast up a little later than I would have liked. Um, but I, I had an interview not only with Mike Triplett this morning, but I also spent a long time with David Baker, who is the retiring president and executive director of the Professional Football Hall of Fame. And um, I had to record it today. It's going to be, we're going to run that on Wednesday. So that took up a lot of my time this morning. So again, I apologize for getting this preview out late. But it will be worth it, I think, when you hear uh, Wednesday's episode. We are going to have a special edition of Datitude tomorrow and Tuesday to kind of wrap up the, the game. I hope to have a guest. I don't know if I will or not. If I don't, it'll be just me. Um, uh, but I, I hope to have a guest. It, again, it, too, will be a shorter show. But I think it's important that we kind of wrap up what happened because tonight's game is super, super important. I know it's, it may not seem like a Week 7 game coming off a bye, but they're in a stretch to me. Washington, Seattle, Tampa Bay. If this team has any aspirations of winning a fifth consecutive NFC South title, they've got to win tonight. They have to beat a team like this. You already lost your one, one game where you're, if they would have beaten the Giants, I would say tonight isn't as important, even though it would still be important. But losing that Giants game to me leaves you no more room for error if you're going to win the division. You have a little room for error if you just want to go to the playoffs as a wild card team and go on the road and not go to the Super Bowl. Because while there are wild card teams at times that have, and we've seen it, have chances to go to the Super Bowl and win, a la Tampa Bay last year with Tom Brady, with Rob Gronkowski, with that 
incredibly talented receiving core with an outstanding rush defense, that's different. This team doesn't have that. So to me, if you are realistic about the Saints going to the Super Bowl, you can say whatever you want. Tonight's a must win. they got to win the division. And they're not going to win the division if they lose this game. I don't care if you can beat Tampa Bay twice going forward. But if you lose tonight, it's gone. I mean, it's, you're not winning the division. That's how important tonight is. You can curse at your phone and call me an idiot to your phone all you want. It's reality. That's where we are. So I'll give you my, uh, what I, my take on what I think is going to happen, but I want to talk to Mike Triplett first. Before we do that, I've got to give you your reminder. You can reach me and actually tell me what you think of me. Jderry at theadvocate.com on Twitter at Jim Derry Jr. You can listen to this podcast in multiple places. Right now, you're listening wherever you listen. You can subscribe, hit that subscribe button. You'll be notified every time there's a new Datitude. You can listen on bet.nola.com, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. Just search for Datitude and make sure to subscribe. I want to give a shout-out to Caesar Sportsbook, who is an exclusive partner with us at The Advocate, Tom Spicune, and bet.nola.com. And uh, you can go get the app now. You can get the app for Caesar Sportsbook. You can't bet it on it yet, but you can see all the odds that are on there, all the prop bets, all the different things, and you can kind of familiarize yourself with the app before it becomes live, which will be very soon. We expect uh, sports betting to happen at Harris. Um, maybe as soon as November 1st. So obviously being pushed back a little bit, things happen with, um, with the state regulatory commission and uh, trying to get these things set up. It doesn't happen overnight, but they are close to having that done. We will have our shows. We will have shows there from Harris uh, when they open up, or maybe even before. I know it's coming soon. Our shows, Odds and Ends on Mondays today with Zach and Devin Jackson, Zach Ewing and Devin Jackson. Fantasy Roundup on Tuesdays with Zach and Spencer, the Guru Urquhart. And on Thursdays, at the book featuring cashing in with Carville, James Carville. Ooh, I don't think he had a great weekend. Zach, Devin Jackson, and myself hosting that show. So that'll be interesting. Let's get into the interview with Mike Triplett and uh, preview the game tonight. Uh, Mike made the flight out to Seattle. I've heard some horror stories about my colleagues getting out to Seattle. Uh, I can't imagine... That was very fun. I have not had the quote-unquote privilege of going to Seattle, even in my days uh, covering the Saints. I was lucky enough to avoid that one. So uh, I don't envy them. I'll be home watching it on my, uh, in my Lazy Boy, just like you will most likely. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But let's get to the guest and see what he has to say. Welcoming in ESPN's Mike Triplett to the Datitude podcast. And Mike, how are you, my friend? Doing good. Long trip to Seattle. It's amazing yeah. how far away this place is from New Orleans. You know, I've heard some horror stories from my colleagues about uh, how tough it was to get to Seattle this weekend. Did you yeah. go through the same things? I, I luckily had two pretty smooth flights that got in on time, but it's just crazy to, to be on an airplane for over three hours just to get to the halfway point then get on another airplane for another three hours. I have had some Seattle travel nightmares. So have the Saints in the past when they had to stay an extra night when they had a cracked windshield. So, uh, look, I, I, when the schedule comes out, um, 
first couple things I always look for, instead of trying to figure out which teams they're going to beat, we never know that, but I look for things like, uh, you know, cold weather games, or I look for, you know, Monday night far away from home, and, and, and then you get the short <laughs> week the next week. And, and, and this screamed the toughest part of the schedule because Monday night at Seattle means you don't get home Tuesday till Tuesday afternoon. Right. And you're starting your Tampa Bay Buccaneers week on Tuesday afternoon. So this is a tough stretch for the Saints. Luckily, they had the, the bye week to get healthy and get prepared for it. But um, you don't want to be flying home. Uh, for seven hours or six hours or whatever it is on Tuesday w- with a loss in this game at all. Catherine Terrell and uh, Jeff Duncan both just had nightmare stories. Um, they shared some of them on social media, but uh, you know, just look, I'm not, I'm not a plane guy. Uh, I'm not, it's not so much the, the flight itself, but it's when they sit in the plane, I'm, I'm a little claustrophobic. So sitting in the, once we're flying, I'm fine, but just sitting in the plane, getting ready That's to funny. go. And then, then flying around the airport, or if you, if you land and you got to sit in the plane for an hour, those things kind well, of. Well, that's funny that you say that because that that did happen to me last night. We got to Seattle. And I'm like, oh, cool. We got here. Uh, we got here 30 minutes ahead of schedule, and then we sat there for the whole 30 minutes because they weren't ready to to let us off the plane. So you would have been you you'd have been crawling out of your skin. I'm yeah, sure. here's my my. I have a let's personal segment. And I didn't have one today because I want this show to be short because the Saints are playing in, in a few hours. But um, I need to bring anxiety pills because, you know, if that happens, they just need to like, I need to unbuckle and I need to be able to move yeah. on and stuff. But anyway, let's talk about this, this Saints team and um, coming off the bye week. And uh, how do you feel? What, what kind of sense do you get from this team about going into tonight and how ready they are? I like where this team is at right now because I think they're, you know, I think they're a very legitimate three and two borderline four and one team, uh, even without eight of their, their starters in, in that first stretch. I mean, I think that's all legitimate. I think they're capable of beating anyone, as we saw against the Packers and the Patriots. I think as much as the fans hate it and it's boring, boring them and making them question every move Sean Payton makes, I think this formula of running the ball and winning the turnover battle and winning at both lines of scrimmage fits this team, especially when their offensive line uh, comes back healthy, maybe fully healthy tonight, and their defensive line should be fully healthy and intact by next week with David Onumata back. Uh, so I think all that stuff's legitimate. I, I you know, I, I wrote today, I don't think we can have a strong opinion on Jameis Winston because they've made him a, a supporting cast member so far. I don't think he's played poorly. I think it's just been a really small sample size with him. And I certainly think that will be the case again tonight. They don't want him winning or losing this game in rainy and windy conditions in Seattle. Um, I think they're going to stop Seattle from being able to run the ball. Uh, uh, last week, that's all Seattle could do against Pittsburgh. I think the Saints are going to take that away from them and say, can Geno Smith beat us? Uh, uh, that's your only hope. Uh, so I think they should be favorites. I was a little surprised they were five-point favorites on the road in, in these weather conditions, but I think they should be favorites. I think it would be disappointing if they didn't win. But they're not a perfect team. We've seen their flaws. Uh, they're going to have to scratch and claw for every win. You know, it's, it's tough for Saints fans to get – used to you talk about Jameis being a supporting cast member I couldn't agree more I think that's exactly the way that it's been I think that's actually the way that Sean Payton wants it to be at this point but it's it's hard for Saints fans to wrap around them you know 
still getting used to life without Drew Brees. You know, I think right. some fans in their in the back of their minds think, okay, number nine is going to be out there one day soon. He's not coming back. But uh, right. just talk about how the weirdness, not just for fans, but for you guys too. I mean, I know for you, obviously, as long as you've covered this team, number nine has been the quarterback. So uh, how strange has that been for you to become accustomed to, you know, covering a team that is without him? It is obviously strange, Jim, but I, I will say this, even though it's been number nine, it hasn't been, you know, rinse and repeat, uh, uh, same team every year. I mean, they've, they've evolved quite a bit during this stretch to four straight championship seasons when, when Drew Brees, um, obviously wasn't getting the ball downfield as much. Uh, and, and I actually don't think he gets enough credit. You know, people love to talk about how he couldn't throw the ball down the field. Well, I, I, I don't think he gets enough credit for how much he adapted to that. And then all of a sudden started, you know, breaking his own completion percentage record every year, breaking his own passer rating record every year, throwing less interceptions. They became one of the best run teams in football. They became one of the best run defenses in football. That all started happening while they won the NFC South for each of the last four years um, to, to the point where the defense was darn near the identity of this team last year and, and has just fully embraced saying we want to be the identity of the team now. It's it's us. It's on us. Uh, so that part has gradually happened. But, yeah, the quarterback himself is completely different now. I mean, uh, um, that, that does take some adjusting to. Uh, it's not, you know, throws to Michael Thomas and the tight ends and Alan Kamara coming out of the backfield and completing 75% of your passes. It's It's – completing 60% of your passes, but every fifth one of them is a 60-yard touchdown pass, right. um, which makes it kind of fun. Uh, and look, the, I, I don't have any problem with the formula. I know everybody hated it after the Giants game, but this team has been leading by double digits in the fourth quarter in four out of five games. Uh, you know, if they need more from Jameis Winston, then then they'll ask more from him. But 12 touchdown passes, three interceptions. We all worried, oh, no, is it going to be a roller coaster? Are we going to have to live with 30 TDs and 20 interceptions? 12 to 3 is a great ratio. Sure. Um, and, and we want to see more big plays from them. It's such a weird stat. They're tied for the league lead with four plays of 49-plus yards, but they're dead last when it comes to plays of 20-plus yards. They're not getting 20- and 30-yard plays. Winston said he's, he wants to throw more balls that guys can catch and then get some yards after the catch. That's what's been missing from this game. They're not perfect at all. But, you know, heading into the year, it was can Sean Payton manage to get the best out of Jameis Winston and avoid the problems? I think he's done that, um, you know, to the point where people are – Screaming, we want to see more Jameis. Let Jameis cook because Jameis has been so effective in small doses that, that it's been an effective formula so far. What has this team, for people that don't know, um, how did the team spend their bye week? It's, been, it's now 15 days yeah. since their last game. What is the procedure that they do on a normal bye week, and then where do they pick up? Yeah, they let them have the entire week off, and not all teams do that. Um, and it's been a really successful formula for the Saints over the years. They, they Sean Payton called up Andy Reid, who's always had a little success after the bye, asked him what he was doing, and that's one of the things he picked up from him. So 
Um, it's not a perfect formula. I remember a couple of years ago when they came back home from the bye, uh, I told this story. My, it was my, the first game I ever brought my son to when he was getting Saints fever. And the 8-1 and one Saints lost to the 1-8 and eight Falcons. Didn't even score a touchdown. Uh, but most years, they play really well after the bye. Um, they get healthy. They get rested. They get their, you know, minds off football. Then they get their minds right when they get back. It's, you know, no, there's, there's no, this is always going to work every time, but that, that one has worked well for them. So they got back to practice this week and uh, there is a chance uh, we don't have the official who's been activated from IR yet, but I think there's a chance that five of those eight starters who've been missing will be playing tonight. I don't think Will Lutz will be one of them. I think he needs another week or two. We know Onumad will be back next week. Michael Thomas, maybe a couple weeks after that, but I think everybody else could be back tonight, um, which, uh, you know, I, I think there's a sort of refreshing feeling for the team. You know, Sean Payne was trying to not let them use the missing players in this excuse and not bring it up and say, yeah, but we don't have these players. But now that they're back, I think there is definitely a sense that, oh, wow, look how many guys we have back. Do you know, um, you know, it's, it's what's weird is the Saints over the Sean Payton era have generally – been at home after a bye week. So this is this is a, a rarity in some aspects. You know what the Saints record is on the road following a bye in the Sean Payton era? Because I'm a trend no. record numbers kind of guy. Wow, let's hear it. One in three. And the only one they uh-huh. won was almost on a fluke miracle because Justin Tucker missed an extra point. Oh, my gosh. I know so, uh, yeah, so uh, look. Interesting. I'm, I'm hoping they... they Buck trends are Saints fans at least are hoping they buck trends tonight. Um, yeah, one question I want to ask you is the Saints have not really they haven't been in a close game. I mean the Giants game, yeah, they obviously went to overtime, but that was kind of their own doing. So right, right. Uh, kind of a weirdness. I'm talking about a close game throughout where they've had to go back right. and forth, back and forth. Do you think I, I have a feeling that tonight is going to be their first one of those. I, I have a feeling it's going to be a, a tight, low-scoring game throughout. Is that the sense you get? I, I feel like two things could happen. I feel like I feel like, like that's the strongest possibility. I agree with you, and I think it's a be careful game, which again hasn't hasn't seemed to be popular based on my Twitter feed this year. Uh, a be careful game where they're like, all right, you know, we didn't get it on this one. We're going to punt. We didn't get it on this one. We're going to punt. Uh, maybe we'll Fans get it on don't want to hear that. They don't I don't know. I, I, but I feel like that, like maybe they didn't like that approach at home against the Giants, but I think that has to be the approach at Seattle in the weather conditions they're going to face tonight. So I do think that's true. But I do think there is a possibility still of a convincing Saints win. Just, I mean, just because of what Seattle is right now. Yeah. Um, uh, last week, like I said, when Seattle played close against Pittsburgh, it was because Alex Collins ran for over 100 yards. And they ran the ball really well. The Saints, that is one thing we do know about the Saints, is that is something they take away from teams. So Seattle can't play a be careful game. The Saints are going to say, you're not running against us. And I feel pretty confident that that, that will work because we've seen that so many times with them. So I do think it's possible um, that the Saints have a big edge there. But, you know, everything's on the table when it comes to turnovers and, and you know, both, both teams struggling to get a passing game going in a game like this. No Chris Carson for them. Alex Collins is banged up, but he's probably going to play. Um, Rashad Penny's going to come off the IR. So if they're going to run the football, they're going to have to do it with – I mean, Collins did look pretty good. Uh, but, again, we don't know how healthy he is. And, obviously, Rashad right. Penny coming off the, the, the IR. I mean, that's got to be a plus for the, this, 
Saints defensive line. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you, you never know how a game's going to go. Uh, I mean, it's just amazing that they're, you know, like that the. Is that, is that still the giant only wins against the Saints? I mean, it, it makes us feel so stupid. No, they won the yesterday. We go through this, oh, okay. When we go through the schedule and we say, oh, that's a win, that's a loss. I mean, it just never works that way. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, to, to, to get Seattle in, in this stretch where they don't have Russell Wilson is obviously a, a break the Saints need to take advantage of and, and, and then to be banged up at running back, too. I mean, obviously, they have two best wide receivers in the game. Um, uh, so they're going to get theirs e- even in nasty weather conditions. You just want to make sure that you're not letting DK Metcalf or, or Tyler Lockett get, you know, get it in one, you know, at least make them work for it a couple of times. Don't, don't be giving up 70 yard touchdown passes and, and making anything easy for them. Mike Triplett of ESPN here on the Datitude podcast. Mike, um, one thing that worries me about this team is obviously the biggest game of the year to date is on the docket six days from now against Tampa yeah. Bay. And there's no, there's zero question that they, the team has at least somewhat talked about, worked on game plan for Tampa to some extent. You have to. Um, so what worries me about tonight is, and I'm not saying the Saints are going to lose the game. Um, I think they'll win. I do think it's going to be a close game. But it, it worries me that that you can look ahead and people don't, I mean, I get so many, there's no such thing as a trap game. There's no such thing as whatever there is. Um, and that's what worries me about going across the country to play a team like Seattle, which, you know, they're, they're hit or miss. They, they're kind of yo-yo like the saints a little bit. And if you go in thinking about Tampa Bay tonight, it could be trouble. Yeah. I, I believe trap games exist. I believe letdown games exist, but uh, this doesn't feel like the, the formula for that. I mean, it feels like a formula for a potential stinker because, you know, they, yeah, they had to travel on a Friday all the way across the country. They have weather. I mean, there are so many reasons. But the, I don't see the look-ahead formula. Uh, I think this team is well aware that they they need every win they can get. I think they're probably a little disappointed to only be 3-2 and two because they gave away. Um, I mean, you could say going out to Washington – knowing that that bye week was finally coming and it was going to be their last game where they were missing players could have been, could have been almost more of a formula for a trap game. Like they were just, you know, like last day of school before Christmas break or something. Right. Um, right. I, I don't know how they can come into this game without thinking, you know, we, we got to come out of it. I think if anything, the fact that, uh, that, that, that they know that they're going to have five days to prepare for a Tampa game. I, I think, I think it increases the urgency, uh, to, to, you know, you, you got to win at least one of these two games, winning two games in six days, but you know, we can dissect human nature all we want, you know, every once in a while, the, the chiefs lose 27 to three to Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> the Bengals kill Baltimore after Baltimore killed the chargers. I mean, some of this stuff, there's no science to it. I'm not going to say that some certain prognosticator predicted both of those things to happen, but I, you know, oh. I mean, I, I don't want to, you know, promote anything or, you know, prop myself up or anything. Oh, not that it was me, but someone did. I'm just, I'm just saying, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, look, would you agree that, you know, beating Washington was a huge deal and they, they played, they didn't play their best game, but they played, played well. Um, would you agree that Washington, Seattle, Tampa Bay to me is kind of like the, 
if you pick three games out and say, if you can win these three games in a row, then you are a real contender to win a fifth straight division title. I think if they don't win these three in a row, then they aren't. Um, would you agree that this is kind of a key point of the season? I, I do think so. It was funny. I was in a, a doctor's office with my son last week, and the, this, I, I say I never go through the schedule uh, and, and pick out wins and losses because I think it's so futile. But I, 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 the schedule was up there in the waiting room, and I was like, oh, man, I didn't realize how, how, how I don't want to say easy, but how nice the last five weeks shape up for them. And I was like, geez, if they're just like six and six, it, it, it feels like it'll be a disappointment if they don't make the playoffs. So, I don't, I don't see this current stretch as the make or break. I, I don't see this as the Saints need to get their breathing room now. They need to be five and two. They need to be six and three. Um, I, I still feel like, I still feel like they're still just starting to get the band back together a little bit. Uh, I don't know what we can expect from Michael Thomas, but even if he's, even if he's playing at the level he was playing at last year, that'll help so much. Um, so I, I feel like it's, I think they need to avoid boom, two losses in six days. And that sends them a little bit reeling, but I, I don't, I don't think this needs to be a, a, you know, a three game win streak necessarily. I don't necessarily mean to go to the playoffs. I think they can lose one of these two games and go to the playoffs, but to win the division, I think realistically, yeah. I mean, I think you have, yeah, to I mean, you do want to make that statement against Tampa, obviously, um, um, and Tampa Bay, I, I, I'll give them credit. I thought they might be a team that was in for a little bit of a letdown. Uh, and, and they've been steamrolling uh, pretty strong. So they, they do look like they're going to be tough to catch. You probably have to beat them head-to-head to, to narrow that divide. That's for sure. Yeah, I think uh, – I mean, I've said it before. I think the floor for them is, is, is 12 wins. So to 12 and 5, and that would be if the Saints could beat them twice, which is obviously is a tall tale, but I think it's doable. I mean – but, uh, you know, so if they lost to the Saints twice, they'd have to lose two other games. So you're talking about a Saints team that if you're going to win the division again, if that's uh, obviously that's the goal. I mean, you want to make the playoffs, yeah. sure. But, I mean, we've seen these Saints teams go in as, you know, wild card participants, and it's so much – I mean, like Captain Obvious here. It's so much easier your road to where you want to go. Um, I don't think there's a Super Bowl team, but if you do have aspirations for that – I think this team has to win the division and, and have some, some games in the dome, but no, no you're right. I mean, we, the, the saints, uh, I mean, look, the Buccaneers just won it as the, <laughs> as the, uh, the wild card team at, well, last year. So obviously Brady. it's done, but, but the saints history is, um, um, home field advantage has, has gotten them a lot further. You're no, no question about that. Yeah. They have a, they have a guy with seven rings on his finger. So that's, that might be a little bit different. Um, look, I know you got a busy day, so I'm, I'm going to let you go real soon, but you know, just, just tell me what your feeling is going tonight. I mean, it, it's easy to say after a win or a loss, that's what I like to ask before, but just where you, what is your sense of where this team is? I, obviously it's, it's a different team. You talked about, it's kind of a defense first mentality. Um, and that's, that's to me is a good thing. You're playing on your strength. I, I think our best players on this team besides Alvin Kamara are on defense. So that's okay. Um, so, so I think they're still trying to figure that out, but what is your sense of where they are in the, the transformation process and how far you think this team can go the rest of the way? Well, you skipped the, the one that I think everybody was skipping when, when they write off the saints and that's the offensive line. I think, 
That's I think when this offensive line is healthy, it can be the best in the NFL, certainly top three. Uh, that's why I picked them to go to the playoffs this offseason, even when they were losing this guy, losing that guy, you know. Um, questions at cornerback, questions at receiver. I was like, well, look at this offensive line. That, that takes you places. And, and we've seen it already, even when they're banged up. I, I think they're really special when they're healthy. Um, so I think they have a top three offensive line, a top three running back, um, probably a top three coaching staff and, and probably a top five defense. And, and that's enough to be in a, above 500 team when they're healthy. Um, now they're thinner than ever before. Um, and so they can't afford, you know, three, three more injuries, you know, and just an endless cycle of always being down five starters from, from week one through week 17, they need to get some more luck with, with health. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think they have enough special players in the, in the places that people don't automatically think about, you know, I don't think people realize how good Eric McCoy and David Onyemata are, and, you know, no even question. Marcus Davenport, if he can stay healthy. So, so I still think this is a pretty talented team that it would be a disappointment if they're not a playoff team, but I think it would be a surprise if they do overtake Tampa Bay. So I think they're right in that, you know, um, 10, 10, 10 win range, give or take. Lastly, I usually ask three big questions, but I'm only going to ask one because I know you're busy and uh, it's Monday and it's crazy. One big question. <laughs> what is going to happen tonight? Give me your prediction on how tonight goes down. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that my, I had a bold prediction that I had to put in, um, uh, turn in for ESPN. And I said uh, last week, Seattle ran for, for a season high, 144 yards. I think that was the number. And I said this this week they're only going to run for 44. I just I think the Saints take that away. I think they make it really hard for uh, Seattle and uh, and win another one of those uh, low scoring, but you know comfortable. Don't take a lot of chances. Games. I you know I, it's a boring prediction, but um, anything else would be a surprise. Now I mean it's it's not going well if if. You know, Seattle has better footing, and Geno Smith is connecting once with DK Metcalf and once with Tyler Lockett. The, the Saints are down quick in the first half. This game's not going according to plan if that happens. <laughs> well, I will say this. The good news for the Saints going on the road uh, to play Seattle is there's no one named Beast Mode that's going to be there. So uh, maybe that's a big plus. You know, we don't have to worry about that tonight. Mike, thank you so much that's for joining <laughs> Thanks for joining us on the Dad 2 Podcast. Enjoy yourself. As much as you can when you're working, I know that's hard to do sometimes, but more importantly, I hope you don't have to spend uh, 10 hours in an airport and a plane tomorrow. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Mike. Talk to you Thanks later. For having Thanks. Me. All right. Mike Triplett is confident about the Saints tonight, and uh, I am in a way. Um, I think the Saints will win the game. Here, here, here's the thing. And, I, and look, I had a, a mixed bag of picking, and I, we'll talk about my picks tomorrow. I don't want to get into NFL picks uh, right now because, this, again, this show needs to be short, and we're already running longer than I wanted to run. But uh, I will say it was, it was one of those weird weekends where the picks that I really liked were good. So overall, I had a good weekend, but my record's not going to show. There are weeks when I go, like, 11-5 and five against the spread, and I don't feel great about it. This week... I'm going to have a sub-500 record for the week. But my biggest picks and my, I guess, my best picks and my upset picks won. Uh, I had Cincinnati on the money line. I had a parlay with Cincinnati and Detroit. Uh, I love Tampa Bay this week. I thought that um, 
They were gonna. I said they might shut out Chicago, and they almost did. Justin Fields. Oh my goodness. We talked about we talked about him on the Friday show. How bad. Um, he just. I, what can you say about an Ohio State quarterback? They're not NFL ready. He's not, and they really need to go back to Andy Dalton before they just kill this kid's confidence, in my opinion. But that's a whole other story, something we'll talk about later. But it was a mixed bag. It was a weird bag. So we'll see how tonight's pick goes. And with that, I, I will tell you, I think the Saints will win. And the pick that makes no sense, if you look at the microcosm, microcosm if the, the overlooking, I guess that would be a macrocosm. If you look at the overreaching uh, theme of the Saints so far, they either, either win big or they lose big, except for the Giants game, which is a weird just throw it out game kind of the you know worst test kind of thing you get to scratch that one although it counts in their records they don't get to scratch it but as far as performance goes so really if you like the saints to win then you probably ought to pick the saints with the spread it's down to four but i i can't do it i i think the saints are going to win but it wouldn't surprise me at all if they didn't um I think they match up well with Seattle. I think what Seattle needs to do is to be able to run the football, and the Saints are good at stopping the run. Um, I don't necessarily believe in Geno Smith. He hasn't showed me. He's now entering his third game. It's one thing when you come in and you just got to go and you can't think about anything. Then you sort of lead a comeback against Pittsburgh, and they weren't able to finish it, and he makes a critical turnover at the worst time. And I think that's kind of what's going to I really think – Tonight is going to be all about the turnover battle. It's, it's supposed to be windy and rainy. Uh, it's supposed to be nasty. And I really like, if I were going to play something, I would probably play the under more than I would play the game itself, which I haven't looked, but the last time I looked, it was in the ballpark of 42 or something like that. Um, but if I had to make a play, I would take Seattle plus four. I think it's going to be tight. I think it's going to come down who makes the last mistake. Not who necessarily has the ball last, but who makes the last big mistake. And I think that's going to be Geno Smith. We'll see. I like the Saints defense. I like that Marshawn Lattimore is going to go against DK Metcalf. Uh, because the best receivers in the NFL, that's when he does his best. So we'll see if the uh, rest of the secondary can hold up and they can put any pressure on uh, Mr. Smith, and I, I, I can't wait to see um, how this team reacts from being a week off again. Don't you can't look ahead to Tampa Bay, but there's no question they've spent time this week working on Tampa Bay. Hopefully, not too much, and hopefully they can come out with emotion. Uh, there have been times in Seattle when they don't show up. I mean, it didn't. You know, last time they were there. Uh, it was with Teddy, and they played, and the defense knew they had to step up and play, and they did. Um, and that was a big, that was a huge game in that season. And Teddy going five and zero, oh, that game kind of sparked it all. So they kind of need that tonight, and I think a good performance tonight can lead into Sunday. And I like the Saints' chances next Sunday, but we'll talk about that later in the week. So we will see what happens. Um, that is going to wrap it up for episode number 13. Again, tomorrow we'll have a special episode of Datitude. Um, not sure who the guest will be, if, even if we'll have one. But I think it's important that we do come back tomorrow and talk about what we saw on Monday night. Uh, I would like to thank Mike Triplett for joining us here on Datitude. And um, 
And thanks and ahead of time, even though I've already done the interview, make sure you come back Wednesday. The, the, the talk with David Baker, we spent an hour talking, and uh, he had a lot of great things to say about the city. Um, he talks about the Saints. He talks about his uh, dealings with New Orleans through the past, and that, obviously that's how I know him as being a beat writer for the Arena Football League for five years. Um, I got to know him a little bit, and he's just a wonderful human being. And uh, I don't think I've ever met anyone that's said a bad word about David Baker, the gentle giant, as I call him. Uh, it makes me look small, which is, which is hard to do. A reminder, you can reach me on email at jderry at theadvocate.com or on Twitter at Jim Derry Jr. You can listen to this podcast in multiple places, wherever you get your podcasts, and make sure you subscribe to find out when the latest episode of Datitude is out. Our videos on pet.nola.com. Monday's Fantasy Roundup with Zach, Devin, and myself. Zach and Spencer, the guru, Urquhart, at, on Tuesdays. And at the book featuring Cashing In with Carville with Zach Ewing, Devin Jackson, and myself. Make sure to enjoy the game, everyone. Let me know what you think about it. And we will talk to you again tomorrow. Monday Night Football, my friends. Dun, 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 dun. Peace and love. We'll talk to you on Tuesday.